Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my work at joehaggerty.substack.com. Sign up for a premium membership. You can get all of my writing about the NHL and the Bruins sent straight to your inbox via the Substack newsletter. You can also find my stuff on bostonsportsjournal.com. After every Bruins game, I write a column. Uh, writing alongside staff members there like Greg Bedard, Mike Giardi, a great group that uh, Greg Bedard has writing about all the Boston sports, so they've all got you covered there. Uh, so check that out. This is the 49th episode of the Pucks with Hags podcast. I have with me a uh, friend and colleague, Mick Collagio. Mick, let everybody know where they can find your work, my friend. Uh, my Rink Wrap blog, you can uh, find it, me on Twitter, X, uh, at Mick Collagio. And uh, contribute to bostonhockeynow.com with a weekend column on the bees. And I contribute seasonally to the hockey news. And I do... I do podcasts with Hags. Very nice. Yes, Mick is is worldwide and all over the place, and we love that. Uh, there's plenty of Mick to go around, uh, hockey knowledge wise, and he does it well. Um, hey, let's Keith Shepard our- says hi. <laughs> let's just start our- with Keith Shepard. That's right. Let's thank our sponsors real quick. Uh, Factors Factor Meals, America's number one ready to eat meal kit. Uh, delicious flavor packed options on the menu. Vegan, calorie smart, vegan plus, protein plus, all this good stuff. Uh, ready in two minutes throw them in the microwave they're delicious uh, head to factormeals.com slash hags 50 and use code hags 50 to get 50 percent off your first box and of course FanDuel Sportsbook uh, new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins just download the app uh, bet on player uh, prop spreads over under so much more visit fanduel.com slash boston and just get involved with the NHL, the NBA, the NFL. So much good sports going on right now. FanDuel Sportsbook has you covered. All right. Uh, let's get into it, Mick. Um, Boston Bruins, I think since the last time we spoke, they had a, a dud of a loss to the Sabres and then a, a decent win over the weekend uh, against the Coyotes team. Um, just your thoughts on where the team is right now. Uh, as you know, it seems like uh, they're going on the road for a couple games, and it seems like injuries are starting to creep in a little bit. Yeah, creep in, and um, uh, but you know what the word we're getting is that uh, McAvoy is not going to be a long-term thing. Zaka is not going to be a long-term thing. So, but if these things do linger, then yeah, now you're going to have your depth tested in a way that you haven't seen this happen with this team in a long time because depth has really been their their thing. And uh, you're kicking forward players, and and now instead of having a first line two-thirds and a fourth, you're going to wind up with three-thirds and a fourth. And, you know, and then, then you're going to get to that point in the season where you can't score goals. Uh, so, um, yep. and that, that happens midseason to a lot of teams. If it happens to the Bruins, then their defensive structure needs to be better than it's been on average this season 
Yeah, and the Zaka one in particular, like McAvoy, he already had a four-game suspension. There's been small pockets where they've had to get by without him. I think long-term, you're right. If he were missing, it would be probably the biggest loss they would have on that roster as far as a player they couldn't really replace. Um, but they've shown short-term they can get by without him, and they have pretty good defenseman depth. Zaka is the one that I look at as potentially very challenging if he misses a few games just because – Uh, of everything he does for this team, of the minutes that he plays, of the lack of real frontline center options that they have to play like a featured top six role. Uh, Your forward depth is not that great to begin with, and it really gets stretched thin. Uh, If Pavel Zaka is not out there playing 18 to 20 minutes a night, um, you know, putting him into all kinds of different situations that they put him into uh, and relying on him for so much. So I think that's one to really watch. Uh, among the forwards when he's out to see how everybody slots in and how they perform. I agree. I um I'm intrigued by this latest opportunity for Morgan Geeky to get some traction and yep. play with some ta- top six talent. Um, he's a totally different kind of player. Um, he's that guy who bumps into every piece of furniture when he walks into a house and knocks over chairs, but the puck seems to follow him. He has a knack for this. It's a little uh, reminiscent of Terry O'Reilly. And and um, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on the guy, but but I like the fact that the Bruins have a scenario that's going to get them to see what it looks like when they get more physicality, uh, hockey-wise, into their top six. I Now that's being leveraged upon them, and but I hope they're taking notes because he adds something. So if they can figure out a way to keep him around, uh, or at least uh, put it in the thought in their head that they could use a player like that in their top six with maybe a greater talent level than and, and target that going forward, then that could do a lot for this hockey team, in my opinion. But yeah, I agree with you. Zaka is a rare bird. He can skate with those horses. He was number six in the 15 draft for a reason and uh, got a beautiful stride. And when the game opens up for him, uh, he can carry the mail with those guys. So uh, it's fun to see him play when the game gets quick. And, yeah, and he's, and, he's got a great shot when he gets it on net too. And, you know, he, he hustles, uh, plays the 200-foot game, back checks hard. Like, Pablo Zaka is a smart player. He's he's a good all-around player. You can, you're absolutely right. You can see why he was a first-round talent, even if, if he didn't immediately click uh, when he was with the New Jersey Devils. Morgan Geeky, um, he's the – he's the perfect example of a player that injury is going to allow him an opportunity now to do a little bit more and show a little bit more. And he needs to, it's incumbent upon him to seize that moment and show what he can do and really step up his game. You know, I think he's been fine um, since he's been with the Bruins. Uh, He's had shifts and moments where you look at him and say, that was a really good play here. I can see why they like him there. You know, little things that he does. I think you notice a little bit, but uh, by and large, he hasn't been, much of an impact to me on a consistent basis. And he did miss some time with injury, Um, but this is his chance to really step up and start to forge his identity with the Boston Bruins, which I don't think he really has yet. Uh, So I agree with you. This is definitely a moment for him uh, to step up and do something as it always is. When somebody uh, gets injured, gets hurt, it creates an opportunity for somebody else. And I would, I would agree that he's one of those guys right now, um, that's going to get that chance. Really, the the biggest thing I've noticed with him or observed with him is that he's had pretty good chemistry with Matt Potra when the two of them have played together and Potra's been the center. I think he's done well 
uh, when they play together as a duo. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed about him, aside from what you're talking about, which is he has that sort of like fight through bodies, plays through bodies uh, to get to pucks, kind of, you know, slams into people, like definitely plays a little bit of a physical game. I have noticed all that stuff with him, but it hasn't led uh, to a ton aside from, you know, a few individual plays here or there when you noticed him. I love that Pasternak goal where he wrapped it. He picked up the puck in the blue, wrapped it around the goalies, uh, yeah. left panel and inside the right post. Geeky is the guy who opens that up. Yep. He goes right straight through, bull in a china shop. And, yeah, there are going to be some goalie interference penalties along the way with a guy like that, probably. But he's not a torpedo. He doesn't move that fast. He kind of does it more 1970s, 80s style. And, yeah. and I, but I like the knack that he has for, for making those kinds of things happen. And it probably really helps Potra and open space for him to have a guy like Geeky who's, who's all knees and elbows and shoulders and banging his way through and, and making uh, things happen for a kid who has so many creative ideas like Potra. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050. For 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Patra, that's somebody I definitely want to talk about today. Um, healthy scratched against Buffalo uh, last week, which uh, Jim Montgomery said was the plan all along or had been for at least a couple weeks. And I, I intermittently, I do think we will see him healthy scratched. Uh, from time to time. And then uh, he was not part of the, the players that were on the ice, the forwards that were on the ice in the third period of that win over the Arizona Coyotes. They weren't playing for a few days. So uh, Jim Montgomery really shortened the bench and made sure that he had a strong third period with the guys he felt were going. Uh, Matt Potra was not one of them, even though earlier in the game, he made a nice play uh, that led to the Danton Heinen goal. I th really think he created that with his willingness to you know, win a battle, poke a puck ahead and get it to Heinen and, and give him a free and clear path to the net. So, you know, he, he still makes those uh, plays, either setting up his teammates or doing something for himself uh, intermittently. You see it from time to time. But I did break down the numbers and it's the last 13, 14 games as opposed to the first 11, 12. It's been a lot quieter offensively for him. I think he has hit a little bit of a, a valley um, rookie wall or whatever you want to call it, where the, yeah. the rigors of the 82 game schedule and, you know, playing all the time instead of what he's used to with junior hockey, which essentially was like a college schedule where they practiced all week and played on the weekends. 
Uh, I think now being in the middle of, uh, you know, the first like three months of the NHL rigors has really started to, you know, drain him a little bit. And, you know, he he had a meeting with Jim Montgomery after this latest uh, game where he was sat in the third period. And the two messages that he took from that meeting with Jim Montgomery were he needs to shorten his shifts uh, significantly and be mindful of that. And he also needs to pick his spots when he really makes high-risk offensive plays and where he tries to do things. And I've felt this way watching him for a long time. He is very adventurous by his own blue line. He takes the puck up high (laughs) by the offensive blue line. You know, he really dances with the offensive blue line. And if he gets, you know, poked, (laughs) stolen, if the puck gets taken away from him there, it's going to turn into a breakaway the other way. And that's been something he's walked that tightrope for a while. But just in general, there's a way that Brad Brad Marchand is not the ideal leader. It's that. Yeah. that, Is that Marchand is a a risk taker in those situations. He will will even go down to the point of no speed and just challenge the player to knock him over and take the puck away and then turn his body and keep going forward. If he doesn't, it's a breakaway. And, and, And it's amazing that. I mean, this is what Potter has to watch. Now, granted, he's learning from great players like him and Pasternak who do these things, but he can't be doing it in close games, in third periods, and not near the end of his shift. It's just, it's a bad culture to develop. It is. And and the, the shift length is another thing that you you, just in general, you've got to be very mindful of at the NHL level. Uh, because to his point, and he's right, it not only affects the shift that that particular shift when you're out there, but it can start to affect you for the rest of the period, the rest of the game. If you really gas yourself with a long shift or two, and you know you have a hard time recovering from that uh, moving forward, and it affects your game. So, like this is you know part of the 19 year old learning curve for Matt Patra um, that I think everybody expected. Um, but just what you think you're seeing out of him right now, and whether. You know, anything that you're seeing right now at a little bit of a valley when he was at a peak earlier in the season changes your ideas about what they're going to get out of him this year or the long-range prognosis for this season for Matt Padre. Yeah, for this year, yeah, it's it's it, it kind of sobering when you consider just the rookie season and the scope of his career not phased in the least right. as part of the cycle. He's just reaching lately deeper and deeper into his bag of tricks because things that he was working for him in the first month and a half of the season are not working right now because teams have had chances to watch video, to study and say, hey, every time he gets the puck right here, this is what he does. So what yep. we want to do is, blah, blah, blah. you know, they, they this is what they do all their meetings about. And so, um, you know, a guy like him is now being challenged to have a fourth and a fifth and a sixth thought. And, and and now at the same time, he's got Montgomery telling him, please, when you get late in games, you get late in shifts, you got to simplify. Okay, if I simplify, now what am I doing? You know, right. it's an awful lot. It's a storm in a kid's head like that. And if you don't have the right personality to endure it uh, and keep on pressing forward, I think in a, I think I like about Potra is he doesn't seem hung up that way. He didn't seem to like have to not care what the coach says uh, or what happens on the ice to his team when he's out there in order to keep going forward. He seems to be able to engage, listen, and then keep on pressing forward and do it in, with energy. That's what I like about him is every time I think, oh, God, here comes the fade. 
it doesn't. He pushes again. So yep. I'm really encouraged by that. And so I'm not writing him off. My overall outlook is if he's in the top nine when the Bruins get to the playoffs, it needs to be a more successful version of him than what we're seeing right now. Otherwise, it was a deadline fail. <laughs> so yeah. that having been said, um, he might be better version of himself by then. He's a long season. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it's fair to assume he will be a better version of himself. Certainly a little more uh, pro hockey polish version of himself where he's doing some of these right things, you know, knows the game situation, knows what, you know, where he is in the game, what's going on and, and tailors a little bit of what he does uh, according to that. Cause I, I got to imagine at 19 years old, he's a kid that has not been whole, told too many by too many hockey coaches too many times in his life to simplify things. Uh, and they allow him to to make the high wire act and make the difficult play and to make the creative play uh, because he can do it. And because he was able to do it probably at every, every level that he had done before, even in those game situations where maybe uh, other players you'd be telling to simplify. Um, and that's an adjustment for all these guys when they get to the NHL level, when they've been able to do certain things their entire career that now they don't necessarily have the ability to do uh, because of the level that the, of players that they're playing against. So, the, you know, well, that'll some pretty- ruins some players yeah. are ruined by that dominance. They never got to learn how to play the game the way kids play soccer in South America, passing the ball on the beach, yep. you know, and uh, and not ever have the glue in their game that uh, a superstar kid might have in a kick and run game. Uh, but with Patra, um, I don't get that vibe that no. this is, you know, that, I, but I think you make a great point here because even though he's not in that class of player, it gets ruined by his dominance and can't adjust to the pro game. It's still a thing. It's still something you got to go through. And whatever sure. small increments, that's just part of that whole thing that's happening to him right now. And he's handling it great as far as I'm concerned. And I'm, I, I really uh, love what I've seen. And uh, But when you say, okay, let's play armchair GM, What's gonna What's gonna be the deal? What are we gonna have for a hockey widget when the time comes? Are we gonna make decisions? Well, um, that's all a different kind of question because we it don't is. know at that time what he'll be at that point, whether or not they need to uh, take advantage of where they are in the standings and make a move. Uh, yeah, potentially. But I also I, I still look at the whole season as a season of adjustment, transition, and. I don't think they need to go for broke at the deadline for anything. I think if they, this turns into a learning experience for Matt Apatra, they, you know, get a round or two of the playoffs and, and sort of everybody takes that one step forward. I actually think that's probably, you know, in the long range, the best thing for the organization. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens when they get to that point later on down the line. And if it, it's a player that factors into their long-term view and, and a player they're going to keep around for a while. Maybe that changes things a little bit. That'll be uh, interesting to watch. Um, one other player I, I kind of wanted to talk about um, over that over the last few weeks, I think has really started to show uh, more and show, you know, the, the player that he's been other places in the past is Kevin Shattenkirk. I thought he's played some very good hockey recently um he credited a meeting with Jim Montgomery where Montgomery told him to you know take more risks offensively to to use his skill a little bit more to you know take chances to create plays and you've started to see it more whether it's you know going back door and scoring goals um whether it's you know trying to keep pucks alive in the offensive zone 
you know, different things that he's shown that where he's a smart, very good hockey player. When he's gotten a couple of chances to be on that top power play unit, I think he's looked very good. And I think, you know, it was part of the reason they brought him in was for his power play acumen. And I think he showed it at times here recently. And I, you know, it's a positive thing. Uh, and not only that, but, you know, my, the game McAvoy got hurt. I think he played 22 minutes. You know, he's able to step up and play bigger minutes and play a bigger role in smaller doses when things like that happen. And I think that's an invaluable thing to have as a third pairing defenseman, a guy that can step up and, and you know, for small stretches, play in a top four role. So I think you've started to see a lot more of the value of Kevin Shattenkirk in that role, even if you also saw how good Connor Clifton can be in that game that they played against Buffalo, where I thought he made some really uh, impactful plays for the Sabres to win that game. So, you know, good, good stretch here for Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah. I mean, the Bruins, that guy is all class. He blamed himself for when the, the shift he got scored on that he got caught, um, you know, and he wasn't being asked about the play, but he pointed it out as an example of what can go wrong when you when you press forward like that yep. and so so uh i i like what he's brought to the team i wouldn't mind seeing more of him on the power play because yep. i just feel like he's got so much savvy yep. um uh, all apologies to to add the actual <laughs> one savvy um but kevin shattenkirk's a very savvy presence on this team um you know, so he doesn't have the speed to recover if he gets in, in a bad spot. <clears throat> but it's interesting that Mike Bomery wants this team, even if it's a one-goal game, midway third period, he wants them to – and you don't have McAvoy. And he's like, no, we're still going to play four-man attack. Yep. Well, I still want – if you're a defenseman, if you got an open lane to join the attack, get down and become a passing target and go to Lynette for it. I want you to do it. So that's the way he wants yep. him to play. It's high risk. It's high reward. Um, it's not health to skelter. It's not pawn hockey, but it is a high risk, high reward kind of a, of a game um, that he's got them playing. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's interesting that, that it makes it, it's fun to watch, but it's really volatile. <laughs> it's, it's it's you know so I don't it know. is and it, put, it puts a lot of pressures on your pressure on your goaltenders. I mean that's they're up for the task most nights, but like he definitely and when you don't have the personnel like you did last year and you still continue to play that style, it definitely it puts a lot more strain on your defense and your goaltending for sure. Yeah, he's not letting injuries, suspensions, or anything change how this team plays. No, if you're missing your number one here, your number one there, um, he's like, no, we're doing it. So really interesting, fun team to watch the Bruins. More fun than I thought they'd be in that regard. Um, that said, um, uh, Shattenkirk's been a good addition. Um, I miss Cliffy. He played the game of his life in Boston uh, last week. Uh, granted, he hasn't had as good a season as what we saw in that game. Uh, yep. But, but uh, that was a heck of a performance by him. It was, and it showed off everything he does well. You know, he played physical. Um, he made a play on that um, Tage Thompson the goal. The pinch. For, he cut off Lindholm's clearing pass, and yeah. then he, he centered for the high slot. Bang. Yep. Yep. Primary play, and he buried Shattenkirk, actually, uh, 
in, oh, in that was the, a heck the, of a thump. The, the yeah. sequence that changed the game. He buries Shattenkirk when the play is in front of the Buffalo net and they're scrambling to try right. to the Bruins, and then that turns into Victor Olofsson scoring at the other end, and that was basically game over at that point. That was the sequence that that turned the game, uh, and yeah. he was a big part of that. And then, and then we've talked about this numerous times that that kind of defenseman that's willing to bury somebody in front of the net when that melee is going on is something yeah. that they are kind of missing this year and they have not had enough of. Um, right. And he kind of showed right then and there in that sequence, something that the Bruins don't have enough of on their back end this year. Well, on the right shot, you've had this incredible physical physicality in your depth for a lot, long time. You go back to Adam McQuaid's success, but, successor kevin miller and yep. and um or they alternated in and out of the lineup rarely would did they both ever play and uh and then and now uh cliffy hockey era has ended and now we get a completely different uh, widget there in shattenkirk uh, maybe this team needs that uh, more than they do a physical guy in a third pairing role i wouldn't mind more physicality in the top four though no, definitely. And and certainly when McAvoy and Forward are missing like they are right now, you're missing some physicality and some size and strength uh, on the back end. And it's going to be noticeable when the, both of those players are out. We do have Factor Meals uh, to help us out. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit when it does get busy, when it does get crazy, when we do need a, a quick meal. Uh, they fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Takes less than two minutes to cook them. They're fresh, never frozen. Meals ready in two minutes, like I said. Uh, they have calorie-conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, there's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's 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 a great deal. Um, so if you want to get Factor Meals, uh, go to factormeals.com/hags50 and use the code Hags50 to get 50% off of your fir first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I I've tried it. It's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to to make meal kits especially when we're, we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to Factor Meals. It gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Jesper Boquist, a little bit of Bruins news, uh, called up to the team on, um, 
Tuesday, I believe it was. Uh, this is a sign to me that Pavel Zaka is going to be, you know, obviously uh, probably out for the next game or two at the very least. Um, and he goes in. Just uh, anything that you've sort of noticed about Jesper Boquist in his time uh, with the Bruins? Because I got to be honest with you, I felt like he's, I've not noticed him much when he's been out there. I feel like it's been a fairly nondescript game that he's played. Uh, you know, I, I was told about his speed before he got here that you would notice that. I haven't really noticed anything uh, with him to this point. Anything uh, that you've noticed or noted with <laughs> Jesper Boquist? I, I think he's wicked fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think there's a, this kid, this kid can ramp it up really quick with speed uh, and make the American League look slow. Uh, but what does it translate to for him? And it hasn't translated with uh, when you're when speed is your calling card, and and it doesn't get you uh, to a point of impact on a hockey game. Uh, then what else do you do? Right. Uh, and that's the question with him right now. He needs to find a way to uh, show that he can play a strong two-way game and a depth role um, with that speed and use it defensively um, and engage people. Um, you know, he's, he's very slightly built, but man, can he fly? So I was really kind of hoping that we'd be seeing Georgie E. Merkulov <laughs> after what Mark Diver had to say. Last yeah. edition of your podcast that I was on, um, uh, that Merkelhoff is playing a terrific two-way game, and I was thinking, oh, this would be—I I, could—I could stand to see that right now and, and see what would happen there. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm still on the Merkelhoff bandwagon. But but uh, but Boquist, um, yeah, uh, I can I know one thing for sure: you get him on your team, you didn't get any slower. No, that is true. And, what it and, translates to, I have no idea. Yeah, and and it's obviously more difficult for him to do something impactful if he's playing more of like a fourth line role. We'll see if he gets featured a little bit more in in a, a role higher in the lineup or something uh, different is in line for him this time around. If he if and when he gets in, um, but yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. If you've got to do something else besides have great speed, like you know. I've I've pointed this guy out a few times, but Daniel Paye is a guy that, you know, had great speed. And that was part of the reason that um, I think he had an impact in the fourth line was it was not just the speed, though, it was the aggressiveness and the way that he played. He played with some abandon in his game where he would really attack people with the speed. And you noticed him more because he would put himself into offensive situations and get himself into, you know, good spots because he used his speed and aggressiveness uh as a real tool and a weapon uh, against other teams. And, you know, he you want to see winner in Chicago. Yep. You want to see a guy like Boquist uh, be able to do that a little bit more when he's up at the NHL level. Uh, all right. Twitter question of the week, Mick, and this plays into a uh, interesting week for the NHL where they really came down hard on a couple of players that uh, were trying to defend injured teammates or defend themselves after bad hits um we saw david perron get suspended for six games and i didn't even realize this when i watched it that he like cross-checked somebody in the head that didn't even have anything to do with the play kind of like a, a stray bullet innocent bystander situation where uh, dylan larkin goes down gets hit knocked out whatever and, and he was taking out the first person he saw yeah. exactly he just goes after the first guy he sees and i understand a little bit more why they threw the book at him with six games because that's what he did um, the top he, rope. 
But the one I really had issues with him getting suspended at all was Erica Branson getting hit by Nick Cousins, who is becoming kind of a cheap shot artist, turtle sort of character for the Florida Panthers. And he uh, hit Gabranson from behind, clear into the boards, hit his head into the glass. Um, and then Gabranson tries to get at him right afterwards. And of course, the refs get in the way and won't let uh, Gabranson get a piece of Cousins. He got a feel before he did. I mean, he, yeah, he not not much down, though. Like he, he, considering how much, considering how dangerous the hit was, I think he really wanted to send a message. He really looked like uh, Cam Neely and Claude Lemieux. Yeah, but but the second time around, he went after him. It was Cam Neely on Claude Lemieux. It was Sean Thornton on Brooks Orpik. It was somebody that was like pounding somebody else yeah. down yeah. on the ice when he was in the turtle position and not wanting well, to defend. Thornton, Thornton was one punch knockout. It was. That was, um, that was yeah. That was the, he, he, my favorite part about the Thornton Orpic thing was is Thornton after he realizes he knocked him out he looks he looks sideways like I can't believe it I didn't mean to do that. Well, he said it out. He, I remember him saying that to me later on. He goes, "I know when I put somebody to sleep. I don't think I hit him hard enough to put him to sleep." And you know, he was like convinced that it, it was a uh, a, a uh, uh, an acting lesson by Brooks Orpic and that oh, it was brown bearded. Yeah, true. Truly, one of those situations where he uh, where he knocks somebody out, but you know who knows what actually happened there. We'll never know the truth. Um, the Swine Fifteen on Twitter said they threw out Hathaway for a clean hit on Luke Hughes. That was actually a play where Hathaway on a on an icing call. Mm-hmm. I thought he hit him before the whistle. The ref blew the whistle on icing. I think it was more the ref's fault for like the slow whistle on the icing. But it was yeah. an icing play where Hathaway hit Luke Hughes. He gets thrown out That's of the game. But I think conversation. Yes, but I think that was a controversial one uh, that Tortorella was hot about afterwards. But they threw out Hathaway for a clean hit on Luke Hughes, laugh, laugh out loud. They punished the result, not the act. Does Gabranson have to be paralyzed for them to call a major here? And this plays into them. They did call a major on the ice, and then they rescinded it to a two-minute boarding. And that is part of what led Gabranson, I think, to go after him again later, was he felt like the the refs didn't protect him that the, the league didn't protect him by throwing, calling it a major and throwing out Nick Cousins. So he had to act on his own. And I understand all of this. He got suspended for one game for going after Nick Cousins the second time and being the aggressor, which is kind of a slap on the wrist for a guy like a Branson. It's not that big a, a suspension, but I feel like I, I'm angry that he was suspended at all, because I think if you're somebody's trying to hurt you and you're not going to throw the book at that guy when they have a really dangerous hit like that from behind into the boards, you have to take matters into your own hands, especially if you're a guy like a Branson and it's a guy like cousins that never wants to fight his own battles and be accountable. Nick, I mean, Mick, your, your thoughts on all of this. Two things. One, the league never wants to have to be embarrassed for not having taken care of something. So if you retaliate and go mayhem 84 Nordiques Canadian style, then, then you're going to put the league in a position where it has to send notice to everybody that no, you let us take care of it. Whether you disagree with us or not, how we took care of it, you let us take care of it. The Bruins, unfortunately, abide by that way too much. Yes. And I it, it pleased my old hockey fan soul to see a player say no enough and maybe i'm reading too much into this but sam bennett if he wants to get at somebody he finds his way there yep and he was one of the first guys to try to jump in 
into the cousins thing and somebody grabbed him from behind and he went down and kind of like, you know, it didn't look to me like Sam Bennett was determined to get good Branson off of cousins. Yeah. It seemed to me like, like he was showing his bench. This is what we do when somebody jumps one of our guys, but somebody grabbed him and, you know, when he went down in the heap. Yep. I might be reading too much into it, but I think a guy who plays the game is is his front door is Sam Bennett. Probably doesn't like guys who play at back door. Yes. And like and, Nick uh, Cousins. <laughs> yes. It makes you wonder what goes on in these guys' minds when you have it. The Bruins had a player in 1996-97 by the name of Trent McCleary who threw clean hits as soon as the window to hit was closing. And a player was at that moment of, I got the puck, I passed the puck, I'm going to get yeah. hit. I guess I'm not going to get hit, pow. Yep. And that's when they get hit. And and uh, he, he crafted that. And he got Jeff Rogers into a lot of fights. <laughs> and Kelly Chase one night when he was with the Hartford Whalers after he tuned up Jeff Rogers was almost in tears in their locker room afterwards saying how much he loves and respects Jeff Rogers and he feels so bad for him that he has to fight those battles for that blankety 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 blank yeah. and I asked McCleary about it in the, in the dressing room one night and, and he said all my hits are clean you disagree? And I said it's not that they not clean it's the late <laughs> that was the end of the conversation <laughs> <laughs> i mean if the they're late they're brewing. not clean right well i think that when when sean mckechran didn't work out in 95 96 um harry Sinden flipped him to ottawa one for one for a guy who was making 110 grand a year and uh figured that well at least this guy plays with p and v we'll get him in our fourth line center and then we'll have ourselves a line there and he had it with millette and Rogers and and Rogers, I'm sorry, and uh, and 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 the Bruins were, you know, they were a bad hockey team that year, but but they were they were fun to watch in in that regard. Mick, I love that you turned that Twitter uh, Twitter question of the week into an old time hockey uh, centennial season with, with <laughs> Jeff Rogers and Trent McCleary. I think that's awesome. All right, let's thank our sponsors real quick. Uh, America Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, Thirty-four plus chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options. There's always something new to try. Delicious, ready in two minutes. Uh, head to factormeals.com/hags50 and use code hags50 to get fifty percent off your first box. And let's also thank FanDuel Sportsbook. Get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five-dollar money line bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. The app is easy to use. Download it for spreads, player props, over under, so much more. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on on the action with the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS network. Visit FanDuel.com/boston and get right into the NHL mix. Mick Collagio, thank you very much for joining us this week. It was a pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you to everybody out there for listening. We'll see you at the rink. <laughs>